I'm Chris Hagen. For those who don't know, I've been a language coach for many years. In my career, I've taught a wide variety of people from famous singers and radio presenters to doctors, uni students, and yes, even desperate housewives trying to find an English lover. I finally decided to share my thoughts, tips, and tricks with the world. Also check out my YouTube channel if you want to see my ugly mush. So let's kick off this podcast with a great jingle. Doesn't matter where you are, in the car or at the bar. Here for you comes in your ears, another word for things is cheers. Here's the new kid from the block, here for you around the clock. Shining all his English lips, Chris. Is an anagram of risk. Chris. Now in what one place can you see all this? More fireworks than New Year's Eve. More rainbows than you'll ever see in your life. Also more hot pants than you'll ever see in your life, probably. Grannies dancing. People spitting phlegm at each other from a distance of one metre. Not very good in this period. That's not social distancing. Milkmaids. Instruments you didn't even know existed. I'm talking about the thing that's camper than a pink row of tents at Butlins. Does that still exist? I'm talking about the Eurovision Song Contest. As you can imagine, after listening to the podcast, my mother is a little suspicious now every time that I phone her. So I'm going to phone her and do a little quiz, let's say. I'm going to ask her a couple of questions about the Eurovision Song Contest to see how much she actually knows, remembers or cares. Remember, she's British. Do British people really care about the Song Contest anymore? Let's find out. What do you want? What do you want? Mm-hmm. I'll come back. Is that what he said? All right. All right. Hello? Hello? Hello. So, did you hear the podcast? I did, yeah. It was very good. So, when I say the word Eurovision, what three words come into your mind? Rubbish. Um, fixed. Mm hmm. Uh, racist. Against Britain. Okay, well, why do you think it's fixed? Because they all just vote for each other. That's all they do. All the countries just vote for each other. That's that are friends. Mm. And have you ever voted? Nope. Okay. And when was the last time you watched it? Years ago. Years ago. Years. Probably about three years ago. Mm. Do you remember? Do you remember who won three years ago? Nope. Not mm. a clue. What's the most memorable act you remember from Eurovision? The man with the beard that was dressed as a woman. The name. No idea. Well, what country was it for? Haven't got a clue. Okay, so you're an expert to Eurovision then. <laughs> you're an expert. So when did England last win? A lot of, a lot of years ago. I don't but know. Who... I think it were um, Cliff Richards or somebody. Cliff Richards won for Eurovision? Yeah. Ah, okay. And with what song? I don't know. No idea? <laughs> no. But I thought Books Fizz performed for Eurovision. Oh, they did, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, sorry, yeah. Bucks face won last time then. That was the last time we won. What do you think about people competing for countries at Eurovision who are not from the country? Do you think it's right? No, not really. So English people take it seriously or not? Maybe some do, but I don't think a lot do now. They just know we're not going to get voted for. Do you know which languages the singers are allowed to sing in? Probably their own language and English, aren't they? I don't know. And which do you prefer? Well, English, I know what they're talking about. <laughs> Wait, you don't, speak... <laughs> you don't speak Slovenian? No. Ah, OK. But you speak French, don't you? I do, yeah. Go Fluently. 
<laughs> Tell me something in French. <laughs> Tell me something in French, come on. No. <laughs> All right. Well, well, what we can do is when when England wins Eurovision, we can get you to be the presenter and you can do the French part. Okay. Uh, All right. Yeah. I'll speak to you later then. I'm going. As you could hear, I got straight to the question immediately before she had any chance to run away. As soon as she realised it was me, she was trapped. Too late. Now, she thought the last UK winner was Bucks Fizz back in 1981 with Making Your Mind Up, where in fact it was in 1997, Katrina and the Waves with Love Shine a Light. This also proves that she didn't watch the alternative to Eurovision 2020, otherwise she would have known that. It wasn't a bad show, it just would have been nicer if the people actually sang the full song rather than just having little clips here and there. And the thing that confused me is, why did one of the presenters say to Diodato, you can sing it for me and my right leg? Still trying to understand. Now even though some of my friends actually performed at Eurovision and some friends of mine hosted Eurovision, this call was not so we could talk about Eurovision for 20 minutes, even if I would love to. It's to talk about people who are not English singing in English. Jeez, how many times did I just say the word Eurovision? Eurovision, 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 just in case I don't get another chance. Now, there are many people around the world who don't speak English, but many people who don't speak English and also sing in English. But there are some singers out there who decide to sing in English without checking the pronunciation first, and so we have disasters and a lot of wasted money. Recording a single in a recording studio, printing the CD, promoting it, and then finding out that there is a word that you pronounce totally wrong which doesn't even exist in the English language? That's not good. So check. Say it, Say it right. Many of my friends who are foreign, okay, let's say, I have many foreign friends, and many of them are singers. When they sing in a language which is not theirs, they check. They always check. They give me a ring, not the one that Beyonce is talking about in Single Ladies, but they give me a ring and they ask me, is this correct? Is this correct? Can you check? And this is to avoid people like me criticising it when the CD finally hits the shelves. But inventing words like defeat instead of defeat is just wrong. And that's on an album, not just a single. Now, as you know, I work with a lot of singers anyway. Not only to teach them English, but also to teach them how to sing in English. Because the pronunciation is different. It's not the same. The way that you deliver the words is totally different from when you're speaking. And so we have little masters where we work with the people specifically to perfect the way they sing the songs. So as not to make a mistake when they go and actually print an album. These little things I can't teach you using a podcast. We have to do it face to face or at least over the internet with some kind of Skype thing. But people seem to think that you just use an American pronunciation when you sing. It's not true. I've even heard people singing the break of down instead of the break of dawn. Before you sing the song, there are not many words in a song. Learn the correct pronunciation. Save yourself from being humiliated on stage by singing in front of an English-speaking crowd with words that don't exist, like defeat. Okay, down exists, but defeat surely does not exist. I wonder if that singer who sings Defate on his album actually sings Defate when he sings it live. I've never actually seen him sing it live. I hope for his sake that he changes it to the correct version. But then what does he do? He goes and explains the fact that on the album it's wrong. Do it right the first time. Saves all the problems. 
If you're a singer and want to learn how to sing better in English, give me a call. Now, I've been told that in podcasts, we can't put music. Is that true? I don't know. This next thing that I want to tell you is the fact that, okay, people can pronounce words incorrectly when they're on stage. We all make mistakes. We all learn. But have you ever come across a song where you don't actually understand what the person is singing? It also happens to us. It's not that you're foreign. It's not that you're not a native English speaker and you're listening to a native English speaker singing. It's the fact that sometimes the words are pronounced differently. And because the words are pronounced differently, you understand something totally different. For example, there is a song by the Scissor Sisters. And in this song, they say, The tuna was rising. The tuna, the fish. Rising from where? Where's this tuna coming from? And for years, literally years, because I didn't check the lyrics online, I was singing, The tuna was rising. Thinking, okay, it's the Scissor Sisters. They're a little bit strange, a little bit crazy. It could be. Then one day, I came across the lyrics. Again, like I said, I wasn't actually looking for them, but for some reason I found them. And they were singing, That you know was rising. And it was connected to the sentence before. So, that you know was rising became, the tuna was rising. See, even we can make mistakes. But this is not a mistake of the pronunciation of the singer. This is a mistake of the comprehension of the listener. Because the way we pronounce the words when we sing is different. This is an example of what we call assimilation. But at the time, I didn't realize, and that's why I thought the words were different. When we have a T at the end of one word and a Y sound at the beginning of the word after, this T and this Y blend together, they assimilate like the Borg in Star Trek and become CH. And so I heard TUNA instead of THAT YOU KNOW. TUNA. Also we have the same thing when a word ends with a D sound and the following word begins with the Y. This becomes J. Did you, for example. So when you listen to a song and you really, really like it, don't be scared to go and check the lyrics. And don't go to your teacher saying, I don't understand, my comprehension is terrible. It's probably not true. It's just the fact that you're not a singer. And so you don't understand that the words are created differently when they are sang. And so go and look at the lyrics. It takes two minutes, print them out in black and white, even in draft if you want to save ink. And then you can follow them with your singer and you will notice the fact that the words are pronounced differently. This is also a message to singers out there who want to sing in English and their native tongue is not English. Or vice versa. If an English person wants to sing in Japanese, go and check the pronunciation first. Don't be ashamed. Just save yourself the humiliation at the end of the day. And I know you've been told time and time again that being a singer is not a job, but it's not true. It is a job, like every other job in the world. And so you have to study for it. Study the lyrics before you sing the song. But not only do foreign people make pronunciation mistakes when they sing in English, English people make grammar mistakes when they sing in English. So please do not use song lyrics as grammar examples. Back in 1995, the Backstreet Boys released a song called I'll Never Break Your Heart. And in that, there is a grammar mistake. They say... As time goes by, you will get to know me a little more better. Now we all know, more better doesn't exist. And I'm sure you all know the song, Every Little Thing She Does Is Magic by The Police. 
Sting knows how to conjugate the verb do, but he forgets it for one line. He says, everything she do just turns me on. In the UK, you will find people who speak English badly. Even my mother, for example, she says, he don't instead of he doesn't. This is normal. And obviously you don't want to correct them because they're English and you think they are always right. But some of my Italian friends have actually corrected my parents when they've been speaking to them. And they deserve it. Two, three, four. Some grammar, some grammar, some grammar. Let's talk about some grammar, some grammar, some grammar. Hardly had I got into bed last night when a great big storm started and so I rushed upstairs to go onto my roof to video the storm for Instagram. If you have Instagram, follow me, Chris Hagen Official. I don't put anything useful on there, just loads of rubbish, but if you're bored and got nothing better to do, you can have a look. But hold on a minute, the first sentence I just said, hardly had I got into bed. That's not a question, so why did I invert? This is another wonderful thing about our language. Sometimes we actually invert words when they're not questions. This also causes confusion with some students because they try to answer the non-existent question, which as you can imagine, isn't possible. Another example, no sooner had I put the bread outside, the birds swooped down and took it away. So when do we use these inversions? Okay, like we said before, we use inversions when we're asking a question, but also we use it when we begin a sentence with a negative adverb or adverb phrase. Like the two examples I just gave you, hardly had I and no sooner had I. Now we put this negative adverb or adverb phrase at the beginning of the sentence to emphasize what we want to say. It makes our sentence sound more surprising. It gives an impact when it comes out straight away. Also sounds quite formal. If you don't want to sound formal, don't use it. You can quite easily say, I got into bed last night and a storm started. Or, I put the bread outside and the birds took it away. It's perfectly fine. One is not better than the other. Okay, it's better if you can use something fancy, like an inversion, but if you can't, it doesn't matter. Another use of inversion, which you already use, I'm sure, but just haven't realised, is when we use direct speech. I love you, said Tom. So, inversion is when we put the verb before the subject. So, even in direct speech, we do the same thing. Now, let's have a look at some more negative adverbs and negative adverbial phrases, which we used before inversions. So, hardly and no sooner, I've already used. You can also use never, rarely, barely, seldom, scarcely, nowhere. Even little you can use. Little did I know that she was on her way. In no way. In no way are you going out tonight. Now, obviously, that was just an example. So if you are going out tonight, have a wonderful time. But be careful. If somebody uses an inversion, don't try to answer it. Now, I'd like to thank everybody who listened to the first podcast and sent us lots of positive feedback, especially about the jingle. I need to name that choir. And to finish off, here they are. Doesn't matter where you are In the car or at the bar Here for you comes in your ears Another word for things is cheers Here's the new kid from the block Here for you around the clock Shining on his English lips Chris Is an anagram of risk